I mean, trust me, I know guys. All we need is a beer in our hand and a bro by our side, and we are out of the way. Notice me, senpai. Notice me. Fuck well, you, sir. Excuse me, Jana? Said, fuck you, sir. I'll bring the beers. I'll bring the beers. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And the show has started. We're live, Pat. We're live. Pat likes when I say we're live, so he knows. Thanks, oh, Jared. Yeah. I forgot the thing I was supposed to say. Three, two... It doesn't matter. He, Let's get the this on the road. <laughs> on the road. Uh, <laughs> perfect. So we're back, and it's been a crazy week, right? It's been nuts. It has been nuts. No kidding. Uh, elaborate, Steed. <laughs> So on Friday, I think it was Friday, I was like, man, I'm hungry. I'm yeah. going to get a deep dish pizza. Yes. And I'm like, I'm getting a large pizza, right? Because who's going to not spend the extra minimal amount of money to get that extra pizza? Yeah. Yep, yep. Right now, I'm living in an apartment alone. I got a large deep dish pizza on Friday. I'm still eating it. Yes. <laughs> and I went, I went out to dinner on Saturday. Yeah. To an Italian restaurant? Guess what I got? What? Pizza. Flatbread pizza. I've literally what? been eating pizza. What uh, restaurant? Die. What restaurant did you go to on Saturday? Uh, it's this place in Geneva, Austria. I can't pronounce the name. Okay, perfect. It's too fancy. You can't even pronounce it. <laughs> it's Italian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I also went to a restaurant, and the same thing where there's places where they'll just have like little tents set up outside. So. Because if like they don't have actual outdoor seating, and the rule is that it has to be outdoor seating, so they'll just set up like a tent outside, not like a tent, um, like you would go camping in, but like a party tent scenario. Yeah, like a car tent. Some yes. even have walls on them. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> like, what the hell? The problem with the tent is that you get the bugs, and so I had a bug in my pasta and in my beer. Oh. So I scooped them Did out. Did you get oh, free pasta no. for free beer? <laughs> no, I should have. But no, I just uh I just scooped them out and then continued to eat it. <laughs> you should have been you should have been like a Karen and tried to get like your meal for free yeah, or something. Yeah. <laughs> Stating it was like unsanitary. It would be so easy to get free anything from restaurants right now. I feel like they don't need any more damage to their, you know, bottom line. So I'm gonna go ahead and, you know, <laughs> not do anything like that. <laughs> But you definitely could pretty easily, yeah. Oh, struggling to get by? Yeah, I'm going to need this camped. Yeah. <laughs> outside and bugs are in my beer. Can I say something? I've never understood. I, I've totally had pizza for breakfast, but I've never understood the concept of cold pizza. And I think it's a joke. It is a joke. I always hate it up. With you. Some people do like it cold. I find that weird. Yeah, it's like just um, nuke it. It's worse. Yeah. Cold cheese, like... We're not talking, you know, a fresh triple cream bread cheese. Yeah, We're exactly. talking whatever they got down at my Ma, Ma's oven, Ma's pizza oven. Bird up. Hello. 
So I wanted to get to some emails before we got too far. Maybe start off with some emails. Keep it hot. Smacko had an email here. Smacko. And it's uh, email a show, email a show, chubstep.podcast.gmail.com. Smacko said, is it wrong? Is it wrong to be strong? What is that think? it? That's it. I think I could lift 100 pounds clean over my head. Uh, no problem. Yeah. So, is that wrong? I don't think so. I mean, it depends on what you're talking about strong. Like, how about... Strong physically, I don't think there's many problems with that. Strong, what about strong emotionally, like strong-willed or strong personality? Smacko, I always appreciate the emails, but why why are you even asking this question? There's nowhere to go with this. He might be going going through some stuff in his life where he's realizing that he doesn't have emotions anymore. And he just thinks that he's too strong. So maybe his wife or girlfriend in Germany just abandoned him and he didn't even care and then he's just sitting in germany can't come home he's like i don't even care what's wrong with me is it wrong am i wrong a very good point smacko what i would say is uh these are pretty typical traits of a serial killer what you're going through right now i don't know if you've ever seen uh, the show dexter it's been brought up more times than probably it should have been on the show but (laughs) uh (laughs) he has a problem and most serial killers have a problem where uh, they don't feel emotions towards things. And that might be, you know, compared to a strong, somebody who has strong emotions, or you could just be a psycho. So, I, yes, I say it is wrong. It is yeah, wrong. It's wrong. The subject is chubstep.podcast at gmail.com. Again, very helpful uh, from Smacko, so people know where to email. Uh, he said, Who can you navigate besides a hairy pit bull? What? Who can you navigate? Yeah. All right, he's just drunk. <laughs> I'm going to toss this up to drunk. Uh, yeah, Smeko. <laughs> Ban him for one week. He's banned. <laughs> sorry, sorry Smeko. Okay, yeah, that was not so good. <laughs> Smeko, I mean, I just give him, to give you an answer, uh, I mean, I would choose any smaller dog. I would be able to navigate any smaller dog. A pit bull would be probably one of the harder dogs to navigate. So pug, uh, Shih Tzu, uh, any sort of terrier, you know, that's what I would navigate over over a pit bull. But thank you, Smack, over the email. It for email. Oh, there's some other ones. I think we might save those. <laughs> You're giving two. Smacko gets two, and one's not even a question. <sighs> okay, we'll try this one. How about this? <laughs> uh, it's need help. It says, "Hey guys, I listen to the show every week, and I even co-host a podcast of my own." I have a problem that I need advice on, so I'm hoping you can help me out. The other guys that host my show with me tend to talk about men's genitalia more than I'd like. The okay. problem right now, the problem is this makes me self-conscious because I have a micro penis and I'm not ready for the world to find out. What should I tell them so they stop talking about it? I even had one of my friends as a guest on the show a few weeks ago to ask the other two to stop talking about men, men male genitalia. <laughs> and she didn't even get through to them. Sincerely, penile concerned. Rough stuff. Oh <laughs> yeah. man, that's that's got to be tough. Um, <laughs> Is this tough? I I don't even know how to. I mean, as somebody that barely talks about penises, 
I what, what can we do for this mystery man? Uh, I, first, I'm going to recommend if they have a micro peen, <laughs> you gotta you gotta get a vacuum pump uh, like in Austin Powers because you got nothing to lose. You pump that thing up too big, big deal. Yeah, you know, just uh, backup plan. Go to your local store, uh, sex store. They'll be selling a mold. It's called the Steed Palomine. Not Palomino, Palomine. The That's Steed a mold. Palomine, okay. Steed Palomine. Go get one of those. Put it where your micro peen is and just get like a some skin and that's your new peen. Okay. Yeah. If that makes sense. I'm not a doctor, so I don't know how to like you could sew it on with a sewing machine or something. Yeah. It'll it'll look real. Or you just, you know, I don't think you need to talk about the size or anything of what you currently have. I I think, you know, people can guess or you could just lie. You could tell people and if they actually find out, then the joke's on them. You know, they'll laugh. They'll think that you were lying about, you know, I. Yeah. You'd be the micro peen guy. It'd be funny. Exactly. What do you think, Pat? Coming from a person who's pretty tired about hearing about penises <laughs> on a podcast, I would say that the best advice I can give to you is to just ignore it because um, your friends, or so you think, they're not going to listen to you no matter what the fuck you say. So my best advice is just ignore it. Just whatever it comes up, think about something else. That's a good. That's a good advice, Pat. That's good advice, because you're right. The more you talk about it, the more it's probably going to be brought up. So, people, email the show chubstep.podcast at gmail.com. This is about the thrill of wearing another man's skin, feeling his innermost wants and desires, and being in control of his every single move. That's how you get off. Now, don't you guys want to get off with me? Who was your guy's first celebrity crush? Uh. I think Britney I already Spears. said Jennifer Lopez. I thought I said that. Whoa, Jennifer Lopez. You have, Pat, you have talked about means? it. You have talked about it. And that's where, yeah, you saw her in a jukebox and you made out with a jukebox. <laughs> that's correct, Jared. That's <laughs> <laughs> hot. That's hot. That is hot. What about you, Steve? Yeah, Britney Spears. Yeah, that's a pretty solid one. She was around our age. That's probably the most age-appropriate one. When she was big, she was at least closer to our age. She was wearing that red jumpsuit. Yeah. Still gets me going. Yeah. Hello there. Mine, I would say, was uh, in the oh, movie Amanda Rat Race, uh, Amy Smart and Rat Race. Amy Smart and Rat I remember Rat Race. I don't remember Amy Smart in it. <clears throat> Rat Race, I have not seen it in years, and I might be disappointed if I go back and watch it. I think there's a, there's a very high chance of that, because, again, that was right in that age of when I was talking about all shows are kind of good in the certain age range. And that was kind of in that age range. And I'm pretty sure people don't talk about that as one of the great comedies of our time. So <laughs> Which I is shocking because like... I remember that being like so funny. Yeah. And so do and I. It's, it's Rotten Tomatoes is 44%. I don't know if that's good. I don't think that's too bad for a comedy. Six out of 10 um, on IMDb. So that's, that's not bad. That's really not bad at all. That's really not bad. What do you say? We slip into a room and you two split me open. Pack a coconut. Uh, crazy stuff teens use to get high. <laughs> <laughs> what, you can, have you found an article about 
stuff you people used to get hired? You're just talking about generic like ones that people know about, like well, this is and... WebMD. Oh, okay. Oh yes, let's hear it. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> this is official. This is crazy stuff teams used to get hired. I didn't know that WebMD actually gave stuff other than like, hey, my foot hurts, and they're like, oh, you're you have colon cancer, but okay. These are the top 10 things. It starts off easy and it goes with cough syrup. Dog. I don't even know if people who have coughs use that anymore. It's just a, it's a, it's a drug. So like, yeah, that's the scissor, right? And that's what I think the, uh, that term scissor. Yeah. Scissor, um, the dextromethra something in the cough syrup. You got to make sure it has that or else there's no point in buying it. Some actually don't have it. Okay. And so you make need sure to make sure the that labels. it's... Always check the labels. Always check the labels. If you're going, uh, you know, to get high, I think Robitussin doesn't have acetaminophen in it, which is the stuff that damages your liver. So you can get all the stuff that makes you feel funny without any liver damage. Okay. So there's it's Fried, basically like a guilt-free high from Robitussin. Guilt-free high. Okay. And this is all <laughs> this is all doctor recommended because it's on WebMD, right? It is on WebMD. It doesn't say like they shouldn't. Uh, yeah, it do- literally doesn't say they shouldn't. Um, <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> then it. Uh, this is actually a callback to last week's steed science uh, inhalants such as prion. Oh God, <laughs> that sounds really bad. That sounds really bad. <laughs> Yeah, I would uh, not inhale freon. So, uh, you know, here I got a question for you, Steve. If you, yeah. um, <clears throat> if you were inhaling freon, say you wanted to get high, but it was also really hot out. Like, say you were in like middle of you know July in Arizona, and it's really hot. Would freon maybe be a better choice than like a robitussin or something? I honestly think it would, because um, it should cool you down. Yes, just just because it's going from the gas to the liquid there was something about that process in uh cooling and i'm assuming your intestines would act as the coils I, oh that's a good point there's like what 10 miles of intestines inside of you yeah i mean you got enough to definitely more than what would be in a standard ac unit you know so you, pr- you probably want to drink it then yeah so dr- make sure to drink that um this says even mothballs Teens are inhaling mothballs somehow. <laughs> that's mothballs is a thing that I don't think. I think that's something millennials. Another thing millennials might have killed is mothballs. I don't actually know. Yeah. I've heard that term so many times, and I've never actually seen one. You've uh, never seen a mothball? No. They're like a ball, and moths don't like the smell of them. I understand the concept, but I don't. <laughs> I don't know what. Uh, I, Pat, have you ever seen mothballs? I don't even know what that is. Yeah, exactly. Whoa. Exactly. So it's like, a, I guess back in the olden times, there was a big problem with you store your clothes and moths would come and eat your clothes. Like you would just straight <laughs> yeah. up eat them. Yeah. So maybe they were using like different clothes material, like wool. I assume there was a lot more wool production. <laughs> yeah. Common polyester and cotton now. Yes. So that that could play a part, but now the only thing teens use them for is getting high. <laughs> so I would say it might be safer to let's just discontinue the production of mothballs. I can just go ahead and <laughs> I'll tell you right now, nobody's using mothballs to prevent moths in their clothes anymore. People are only using them <laughs> to get high. So 
Let's go ahead and remove those. Ban mothballs. Ban them. That's that's my next cause is going to be mothball removal. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so this next one is nitrites. Uh, apparently, this is also an inhalant uh, known as poppers or snappers. Ooh, poppers. Yeah, I've heard uh, that. Yeah, poppers. So uh, these can actually boost your sexual pleasure. Pleasure. Okay. Um, so. Steed, are snappers, those are those things you buy that you throw on the ground and they kind of explode? Those yeah, little things you use to, to trick people? This guy in the picture wearing skulls on his shirt has some sort of bottle. I've never seen the snappers come in a bottle. They usually come just in a little cardboard pack. Pat, I'm sure you've <laughs> yeah, thrown those. My mom loves those. She just throws them to try to scare people. Um, they seem dangerous. <laughs> I don't know. They... <laughs> But I'm, I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, you can pop them in your fingers, actually. It doesn't hurt. And if oh. you want to be a cool teen, instead of, you know, inhaling the snappers, maybe just pop them in your fingers, get the girls riled up. <laughs> it's a cool trick. It's a, a kind of magician-type trick. <laughs> yeah. It's like chill badass. Yeah. Um, this also says that... Uh, you know, you can cause death or brain damage, whatever, but it's also linked to HIV and hepatitis oh. because people who focus on getting high may not practice safe sex. <laughs> that is that is accurate. It seems like a stretch to connect that to. <laughs> you, you could make the argument that speeding causes uh, HIV and AIDS because people <laughs> that tend to speed are less safe with their sexual experiences. Uh, yeah. But, and it's you know, only for nitrates it says that. Not any of these other drugs that teens are using to get high. Huh. Um, it's only nitrites. <laughs> so uh, if you don't want to get AIDS, skip the nitrites. Move on to number four, which is nutmeg. Nutmeg? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> so I had heard about this. I honestly I did not know it was real. Um, a chemical in nutmeg will get you high if you eat enough of it. What's that amount? But I don't, it doesn't say the exact amount, but if you eat too much, you're going to like, you can have a heart attack. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, you can die. If you eat too much, it'll give you heart palpitations, make you feel dizzy, dizzy, nauseous, tired, or anxious. Um, it says it's more than you would put in a pie. So here's what I would do if I had a restaurant. Uh, I think I would make some sort of dish that was called like the nutmeg special or something. And it would be that perfect amount. And now there'd have to be a lot of trial and error. I mean, and I don't know who I would, you know, try this on because anybody would have the risk of getting <laughs> a heart attack. Volunteers, you know, volunteers that wanted free food. But uh, you would have to put the right amount of nutmeg in it so that the person got high, but not enough that they would get a heart attack. And it would be basically like a free, you know, I mean, they'd have to pay for the meal. But they would be yeah. doing it legally because nutmeg, to my legal knowledge, high. is not illegal. It's not illegal. I don't yeah. think it is. No, I have some in my cupboard. To be, I thought I purchased that legally. Go eat that whole jar. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's and it's ground nutmeg. I think you could take, um, you could definitely inhale it. Maybe that's the next uh, party little trick. <laughs> they got the Inhaling brown lines instead of white nutmeg. lines on the glass table. I'll look it up after. Uh, this and I'll have an answer by the end of the episode. Okay, good. Um, so the next one is kind of gross, so I'm 
gonna skip it. Okay. Uh, bath salts. Yep, I knew that one. Yeah, I didn't know that. Like, obviously, people are eating each other's faces off, but I guess it's just actual bath salts. But whatever, Pat. Bath salts. What are bath salts, Pat? Why are you asking me? I don't know because you're because you haven't said anything during this whole time. I've been listening. <laughs> He's trying to get high after this. <laughs> well, taking, Pat's taking notes. All right, all right, all right, all right, Jared. Here's the Google definition of bath salts. Okay. They're are a group of recreational designer drugs. The name of the uh, the name derives from instances in which the drugs were disguised as bath salts. Oh, so they're just drugs, Jared. Oh, so they were only hidden at disguised as bath salts. That's where they got their name. So I thought it was literal. This I thought they were just taking the stuff. That's well, what this. I don't even. Makes I don't even know. Like. Let's say not even the drug version. What is a what is an actual bath salt? I don't even. I know what bubble bath is. What is bath salt? I think it makes your skin feel smooth. What's that thing like a, a bath bomb? Or yeah, something? I know yeah. Bath oh bombs. yeah, is that like the same thing? I always figured it. Like in my mind, I was like, imagine a bath bomb, and then I like see it in my pantry, and then I like sneak it out of the room for my mom, and I just get like ripped on this bath bomb, <laughs> and then like my mom's like, "Hey, did you see my bath bomb?" I'm like, "Oh no! I, oh, I dropped it in the toilet. It exploded." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, that's fair. I I just I don't even have a bath, so I feel so out of the loop on like modern bath, you know, techniques and yeah. things like that. Didn't you wait, didn't your place originally come with a bathtub? It did originally come with a bathtub and I think the person that had it before me probably died from doing so many bath salts, so I had to get rid of that bath. Uh... <laughs> that's my guess. <laughs> I don't think I've taken a bath in like ten years. <laughs> yeah. I, I it's not either. longer it's gross just what's the point like a shower is so quick and if you go sit and like I don't know I just think it's weird I was in last time I was how in do you, Vegas like if you don't there. have a jacuzzi like how do you maintain that like temperature That's it the stays problem. hot and you can always add more water than like let some down the drain you know it's a little more work I think after I saw the movie It when I was a kid, that was the end of me taking baths. It, it just the whole concept of sitting in the water that's already kind of dirty. Just I never loved that concept. Yeah, and especially if you're like really dirty. Yeah, yeah, it's gross. It is. The gross. water so, changes color, and you're like, oh man. We'll cancel baths for this episode. Baths are canceled. Yeah. All right. Um. So I, there's two more on here. I want to. Hit. Uh, okay. These these ones are going to shock you. The teens are getting high off this. Okay. <clears throat> Anti-diarrhea pills. Okay. <laughs> that is shocking to me. Teens may pop several pills to get a feel-good high. <laughs> That's all it says. <laughs> okay. Wait. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. Did you say diet pills or anti-diet pills? Anti-diarrhea. Oh, I misheard that. <laughs> Doesn't make it much better, though. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Like, what is in a diarrhea pill? Like, they just put hydrocodone or Vicodin in it. They're like, yeah, this will make it's, you not. Uh, 
it's probably got something to like flush out your system in it, maybe. It's like taking a ton of that. Will Anti-diarrhea probably, like, would be the opposite of that, wouldn't it? I don't know. I've never taken them. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Damn. an expert. Tell I, me all I, about it. I have no idea. I like, and and who found that out? I mean, somebody guess just did it, and then was like, "Man, I got high." And then some. It's got to be like the met whatever ingredient is in it. Yeah. Some smart team knew, and he's like, oh, "I'm just gonna eat like 20 of these because they have this in it." And then he got high. And that's kind of the one thing that you can say to somebody, and they're not going to question it. Like you're not going to go to your mom and say, "Mom, I got diarrhea." And she's like, "Let me see." Like that's never going to happen. <laughs> That's never going to happen. So, like, the kids are just doing this, getting the pills, and then getting high. Yeah. Nobody's there to stop them. And you know what? Maybe you get a little dizzy when you're high. Go down to the store, get some motion sickness pills. Well, guess what? Now you're hallucinating. Because (laughs) if you take too many motion sickness pills, you're going to start to hallucinate. Oh, God. Yeah, it can uh, make you hallucinate, make you become violent, out of touch with reality, cause yeah. memory loss, and you won't be able to speak or control your bladder. Oh, God. <laughs> but they don't know how many pills will make you high or how many will kill you. Oh, God. So <laughs> so maybe just stick with the motion, <laughs> with the motion sickness. Maybe just stick with that. Yeah, that one's like a risky game because they're like, yeah, it's a bunch of chemicals. It'll get you high eventually. That one, I luckily I don't get motion sickness. I've, uh, I do you guys get um, like seasick or anything like that? Actually, no. I do. Ooh, really? On boats? Only, only on like big, big boats. Like if you go to like Navy Pier and go on like a ship or something. Okay. Huh. Not like jet skis and stuff. No, like I went on um, a parody pirate ship one oh, that's one fun. time, and like I went to go get a drink, and when I went into this room, I got really claustrophobic, and all of a sudden, I felt like I was going to throw up. Oh no! <laughs> Luckily, I did not, but I have gotten seasick before. Um, so if I'm on a boat and I go in a room, all of a sudden I get sick. But if I'm out in the open, it doesn't matter. It's really weird. I guess at least you know how to control it. So if there's a big storm, yeah. There was a guy who had, there was a guy who had a sailboat one time when I was a kid, and you know how like on some of those sailboats you could like go down and there's like this room in there, like you know what I'm talking about or no? Yeah, yeah. I went down in that room and I got fucking sick. (laughs) Well, if you pop uh, thirty motion sickness pills, you will no longer be seasick. And you'll be having a pretty good time on that boat. Problem solved. Don't do it. <laughs> drugs are bad. Trump's going to get in some hot water over yeah. this one. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the Chicago lanteens start doing uh, nutmeg anti-diarrhea pills. At <laughs> nutmeg. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pat, what's up that you want to get to? It's been a real boring time with all this COVID going on. Um, but I did notice... Something kind of I wanted you guys' opinion on. Yeah. Um. So, have you seen that drive-in movie thing? Like, drive-in movies have like made a comeback now. Yeah, I'm. I'm a little disappointed though because the one that was very close to 
our where we grew up, me and Steed, that one shut down like a year ago. Oh yeah, it's, it would have had like <laughs> it would have been killing it right now. But of course, it shut down yeah. like a year ago. But yes, I've, I'm glad to see that summer back. Pat. So the Chicago Fire used to play at Toyota Park, which is now called SeatGeek Stadium, yes. right? And uh, the Chicago Fire, well, there's no sports going on, but the Chicago Fire aren't going to be playing there anymore. So yeah. it, the stadium's just kind of sitting there. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Nothing really to do. They just put up a hotel next to it, all that good stuff. Yeah. It's just the empty stadium. So I guess they are hosting in their parking lots um, drive-in movies, but the price was a little weird to me. Let's hear um, it. It's like anywhere from it's anywhere from thirty to fifty dollars a movie. Oh my god! Per car or the, per person? Per car. Huh? Is there a limit on seats in the car? No, but I, how many people are you fitting in the car? Let's say I bust out five. That's like a normal car that's completely and, filled. Yeah, that's uncomfortable too. Yes. Yeah, and you got to think. But with, what if you had like a van, like a big van? Okay, if I haven't been to a, I've been to a drive-in movie one time in my life, yeah. and I'm pretty sure we had the radio on and we sat outside on like the hood of the car. Yeah. Like if you're in the back seat of a car, how good can you actually see? Not great. Oh, yeah. Not great. The, yeah. The, the the best option is if you have a like SUV or van that has the back like hatch that opens up. The best is to like flip that up and then people sit back there and look out like you know you reverse the car facing the screen. And to do it like there. And then you have some people sometimes just sitting out on like lawn chairs and things like that. But if you were trying to just normally sit in the car and watch it from the back seat, that's not so good. That would be tough. That would be tough. So, Pat, it's like, yeah, I know what you're saying. It's like if you bring five people in your car or four people, then it's not a horrible deal, right? You're talking like eight to ten bucks. But if you're if you're like going there like you and another person, that's horrible. You know, it's not a good deal. Because the, the quality is always worse in a drive-in. You're watching it like the audio is not going to be as good. The video is not going to be as good. It's kind of like... You're allowed to bring your own food in, though. So if you bring your own popcorn, okay. bring your own soda, two people, movie tickets plus, you know, yeah, beverages, whatever, popcorn, you might be saving. That's a good point. Yes, and... Uh, it is a lot easier. I wonder to do. if they f- no. Yeah. I wonder if they fuck you like the actual movie theaters fuck you, where you can't bring in your own food and you can only buy their <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <I> <laughs> <can see. laughs> they search your car. They do, yeah, they do a search your vehicle. Sir, we need to search your vehicle before you can come in here. Yeah, and they have the little guy with the uh, the mirror on the little stick underneath the car. That's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stuff. My uh, my grandpa used to go to the drive-in with my mom's family, and he used to hide people in the trunk. Um, when they would go to the drive-in, so they didn't have to pay for extra people. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and so, yeah, you could do that. You could try to get away with that. Yeah, but Pat, yeah, I'm sure they would encourage you not to bring your own stuff, right? I, I just there's a lot. At least you can do. You can get away with like extracurriculars a lot easier while you're watching movies, rather you're than if you're in handies? a theater. What's that? <laughs> talking about handies? <laughs> yeah, interpret it how you want. <laughs> That's exactly how I'm interpreting it. OTPHJ, what is what is the usher going to say? Come up and be like, hey, stop doing that. I'd be like, my car, bitch. <laughs> it's my property. Yeah, I don't know how you that get works. the back. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, but, I don't know. I think I think even if offered a OTPH, I think I would pass. What if <laughs> what if you're wearing like velvet underwear? That sounds like that'd be I'm really usually, hot. I'm usually wearing jeans, table. so it's not going to end well for me. It's going to hurt. <laughs> jeans, jeans is a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, that's that's going to be a problem. Uh, I I like the, I like the concept of of drive-in movie theaters. I have enjoyed them in the past. It's definitely like a fun summer experience to do. And and if people can't go to a normal movie theater, I like it. I just you know I hope that they're being reasonable with. I hope the quality is decent. If you're going to pay that you know a, a regular fare, I hope that it's a yeah. Quality. It better be 4K. That's what I'm on saying. That projector. That's what I'm saying. How's the neck going? <laughs> yeah, good for you. Recording live from somewhere. All right, uh, I'm welcoming on the show. Jeff, Chef Jeff, as he likes to be called. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, he is welcoming us. Um, huge fan of the show, diehard fan, and he's been begging me to come onto the show. That's exactly how this worked out. Long, long time fan. <laughs> didn't reach out to him. Um, he re- <laughs> now, I'm excited to have him on. I met Jeff because me and him were both um, part of the super fan club of Tejas and Little Stevie, and kind of, we kind of met through the chat rooms on one of the old uh, AOL chat rooms back in the day. It was pretty like back web stuff, you know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. It was kind of the dark web before the dark web. Yeah. If you're like, and it was dark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but thanks for coming on. Um, I wanted to have a uh, culinary, you know, uh, talk, but I could not, you know, my, my co-hosts, while they do cook sometimes, I feel like they're not at the level of, where I inspired to be and, you know, where you're at, basically. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be a better conversation with you. But, uh, Jeff, so you went to, you kind of an interesting path in that you went to college undergrad first, not with a culinary degree, though. What was your degree in college? No. So I studied business at Marquette and graduated with that. But um, I worked in the food industry when I was 16 and worked all through college cooking. Um, so I always had that goal in the back of my head. You know, I've always, I've been like a huge cookbook reader since I was a kid. Yeah. And it's, it was always a family thing. So, and then, and then after that, you did you, then you went to culinary school after you graduated, right? Right after I graduated uh, from our pet, I moved to New York city. I worked, like I kind of just knocked on doors and yeah. asked like, can I come work for you? Like sort of like, it's like an age-old chef story. That's how all the greats get started. Mm-hmm. Um, so I worked for like a high-end new American restaurant from Danny Meyer. He's a restaurant where he owns like Shake Shack would be his biggest offerings, but he also has like pretty high-end, much smaller scale restaurants in New York. Cool. So I worked for him. Then I went to the Culinary Institute of America in New York. Went for a year and dropped out. Didn't love it. But you mean you learn something, but it's like yes. it's like $50,000 a year for a culinary job that you're going to be making. Exactly. You're starting off making a not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. A culinary thing. school in general to me is a little bit of a ripoff unless you have your parents paying for it. Yes. In which case it's a great idea. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> for me, it wasn't that. Yeah. And after, after I left culinary school, I worked for uh, formerly Mario Batali restaurant, uh, Michelin star Italian restaurant called Del Posto in New York city for like three and a half years before I moved back to Chicago. Very cool. And so, yeah, that's kind of an interesting trajectory. So the reason you did the business side is because I'm assuming you want to start a restaurant someday. 
the dream one day. Yeah. Yes. I'm a ways away from that, but the goal eventually is to open my own place. And it's, I think, you know, going with the solid, I think, you know, as, as much as the food is obviously very important to get people to go there and come back, that's the whole basis of the business. I think people underplay so much how important business is. I talk about this in films right. all the time. So I, you know, I work in the film finance side of things and it's crazy. People focus so much on the creative and all the different sides of like making the movie that they never figure out how it actually gets released or it actually makes money. Like, and if they yeah. can't make money, they're never going to be able to make them another movie. So, so many people make this movie, right? Well, yeah. you know, budget I, it I well. I think the failure yeah. rate is so high. I think the failure rate is so high in both restaurant industry and the film industry because it's not only about whether people love the product that you're putting out. Yes. You still have to be profitable yes. while doing it. Yes. You, yeah. You, at the end of the day, it's I mean, a there's business. a reason Michelin star restaurants close every day. Yeah, that's just crazy. It's not I, because the food sucks. It's because they don't know how to manage books. It's crazy. Yes, there was a um, man. There was a documentary I watched a couple of years ago, and I was at like the premiere of it, and it was just a documentary about some guy that started a Michelin and it got a, yeah Michelin star restaurant in Chicago. Um, might have been Grace or something like that. Grace, yeah, yeah, Curtis Duffy. Yeah, and uh, he was like an amazing chef. He had he was a big time chef, and that place closed down. Yeah. And yeah, it, and I think in that documentary they're paying like a thousand dollars per chair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you look at so they're starting eighty in the hole. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's fucking things, crazy. Things like that. Um, <laughs> it, people just don't, you know. You're like, oh yeah, your your recipe would be amazing, but if you put yourself in such a deficit, at you know, there's so many different ways that you can lose money or not right. make as much money. It's just like there's so much more that goes into it than than the food. The food is the yeah. overall theme of it, but you have to. You have to do a lot more, so it's it's and good. Margins idea. are so low as is. Yeah, it, it's hard to start from such a huge hole, from such a big deficit, and then convince your investors that oh, well, six years down the line from now, we'll be profitable. Most people yes. don't want to wait six years to turn a profit. Exactly, and then the other part, tough part with restaurants is, is you can go six years down the line, and sometimes, like all businesses, restaurants kind of need to evolve. And it's, you know, yeah. you got to keep changing your menu. People sometimes get sick of the same stuff, the, the taste change, right. all that kind of stuff. And if, you know, you got to try and dictate everything in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how do you kind of see, um, you know, obviously a lot of restaurants were closed down with COVID. How do you kind of see that affecting kind of the future of the restaurant industry? Mm, that's a good question. I mean, I think. I think takeout is going to be here to stay, even mm -hmm. from like the most serious chefs and restaurants, yes. like Alinea in Chicago is offering yeah. a, a takeout menu right now. Yeah, I, I, I saw that somebody that got that. And to me, that always always made sense. Yes, I mean it's a little bit pretentious to be opposed to uh, like letting your customers take the fucking food home. Yes, you know? <laughs> um, very European. Uh, obviously, like the capacity thing is huge. Yeah, it's going to change how restaurants are designed. Yes. Uh, and most people don't realize that a lot of restaurants kind of need to operate at 100% capacity to, to pay the bills. Yeah. There's no cash surplus in restaurants. Yeah. You know, all of your food is bought on credit, and then hopefully by the end of the week, you can pay those purveyors back. And if you can't, you say, next week, we'll, we'll pay you in full. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would say, like, spatial arrangement is the biggest thing, and takeout menu is the biggest thing. Yeah, I could totally see that. I, I, it's it's interesting with yeah. the whole like outdoor seating area, how they can kind of get away with that by just having like big doors that open up 
like big walls that are yeah. basically windows that can open up and now it's technically like outdoor seating. So I think you're right. I think you'll probably see a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. I think unfortunately the days of like communal seating and like beer hall style service is probably over. So German for a food, while, at least German food on the downtrend, you think? Not necessarily German food, that style of service where okay. it's like communal seating. German food has never really been on the uptick. That's I love true. it, but it's, <laughs> it, does, it doesn't get the love that it deserves. It's, it's very true. I've yeah. about that from a while back. I, I love German food. I love like Eastern European food. A lot of that. Just, Me too. It, but there's just not a ton of places where you can get um, that kind of stuff. Like I'm Czech and my uncle loves to find Czech food places. There's like one to two restaurants in all of Chicago and they're in right. like, very random spots like southwest side of yeah. the city. And they're also kind of they're kind of the same. You'll never yes. find like a sexy modern yes. Czech restaurant or like yeah. an innovative German restaurant. It's all yeah. the same like you know like he super heavy. That's exactly style all of gravy on over everything. Yes. There's a lot more to yes. food than that. Yes, the uh, that's what I was most shocked with when I went to the Czech restaurant. It was like how cheap everything was because you got like l so much food, and then it was just everything was coated in gravy. It was just yeah, like, non right. <laughs> nonstop. Yeah, like, you <laughs> cannot... that's, that's not how it is in any of those countries. You know, that's sort of an Americanized version. Of I could it. I could totally see that. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. So <clears throat> I had a theory, Jeff. Speaking of okay of takeout here so i don't know if you watched the show queer eye if you've seen that i've dabbled okay so one of the things about queer eye is uh if somebody calls queer eye on you to help you out your life it's probably not going great right right there's, a, there's an issue that's usually yeah. not like a great sign it's not like a compliment to get to get queer Definitely eye called on you yeah okay so <laughs> One thing I also notice on that, so they have certain people that do like a bunch of different. There's like one guy that is works on like the fashion of the people. There's one guy that works on the mm -hmm. construction of their place because they usually that's need something. That's like invaded. French tan or something. Yeah, ridiculous exactly. Like that. So each person has a certain thing that they do. But the one that's interesting that stood out to me, there's the one guy that always does um, cooking. He always teaches yeah. people to cook. And there is one theme, and I've seen most of the episodes of the show, and nobody on that show can cook. And it's not just like, it's not just like they can't um, make, you know, maybe they, maybe they can make one meal or something. 90% of them, like there's stuff just piled on top of their stove. Yeah. And they don't know what they're doing. And, and like, they don't even try to do that. And I have this kind of um, thought about cooking and kind of how that relates to the rest of your life. So hear me out on this. Uh, <clears throat> so I'm going to relate it to cars here a little bit. So okay. when you are driving like a manual, like I have my old bug. I don't know if you've seen my old bug. I remember. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, 74 VW bug. When I'm driving that car, it's a manual car. There's no AC. Um, I have to constantly like monitor it. If it's going to stall at the stoplights, like it's not an easy car to drive, right? Like, I mean, it's, uh, it might overheat if I'm sitting too long, that sort of thing. I'm constantly yeah. paying attention, um, I'm a much better driver when I'm driving that car. Maybe I'm more unsafe on the road because the car's just not as brakes aren't as good, all that kind of stuff. Sure. But I'm a lot more invested while I'm driving. When I'm driving like my other car, which has air conditioning and a modern engine that, you know, I'm not worried about it overheating for the most part. And I'm like sitting there. I'm a lot more tuned out. Maybe I've got the radio playing with mm -hmm. my Bluetooth or an aux, aux cord. I've got the GPS up. I'm a lot more tuned out. 
I'm going to be a much worse driver because I'm not as focused on that sort of thing. Right. I think this kind of, yes, I think this kind of relates to food in the sense that there's so many people now that are just like, they're not making their own food. They have no relation to the food that they're intaking. So they're just like ordering McDonald's, you know, on Grubhub or, you know, some takeout delivery thing. And that's what they do every night. They get takeout or they'll get, get some, um, you know, They'll yeah, go to the grocery store and grab just a to-go meal and they never make a meal and they don't know what's going into, um, you know, their body. You think about even like making a like making something that's easier than you would have thought. I learned how to make like flatbreads recently. Like it's actually like super easy. There's like four ingredients. But you go to the store, you buy a flatbread. There might be like eight or nine ingredients because they got preservatives yeah, in there and they got all right. the different stuff. But when you're actually doing stuff on your own, you're paying attention like you're kind of in control. And I think that's kind of a reflection on the rest of their lives. Like if they don't have their food down, that's probably how they are in other parts of their life. They're for sure. Yeah. They're like, they're on autopilot, you know, they're on automatic transmission in their newer car, the rest of their life. They're mm-hmm. kind of coasting. Yeah. I was kind of curious of you, what your thoughts were on that. I, yeah. I, I think much like, you know, operating an old classic car, cooking is very much a labor of love. Yeah. Like if, if you don't actually enjoy the process of it, you're probably not going to get, you're probably not going to get great at it. Yes. And you, I don't think you'll really reap the rewards of like a great home cooked meal. If you aren't willing to, you know, dabble and go for it a little bit. Yes. And the part about how cooking transcends to the rest of your life is a very, very real thing. I think, I think if, if you don't care about what you're eating, then a lot of the other obligations you have in your life might go by the wayside too. Yes. Yeah. I think it's just a reflection. I mean, of, is, yeah. It's incredibly important, I think. And it's kind of, it's a lost uh, craft at yes. home. Yeah. It, and it's, and it, there's so many things that, and, and restaurants are obviously important. And I'm not saying like, Oh, somebody should never order takeout or not go to restaurants, but just like, it, it, it shouldn't be every one of your meals. I think you should be able to, to make, yeah. um, you know, Make your own thing. It's basic skills. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Exactly. Like for me personally, the way I show someone that like I care a little bit, whether it be like family, friends, a romantic interest is cooking because it it does take time and it takes like some patience and some skill and some effort, some research. And thought like you, you thought about what you did. You didn't just, somebody didn't just show up and you, you know, just randomly threw something together. Like you thought, Oh, I'm going to get them this and that might pair well with that. I'm going to do that sort of a thing. There's a thought behind it. It all all comes back to mise en place, you know, yeah. Putting like putting things in place. It requires thought and preparation. And I I don't know. I think, I think that like level of thought and care, it translates to food. Yeah. It makes it taste better. Yeah. Both in like a romantic sense and in just a technical sense. If you have your shit together, obviously the end product is going to be better. Yes. But you would, like just like the, the intangibles translate through that too. Yeah, and healthier and a sort of thing. If yeah. You know, oh, yeah. If you know yeah. what you're eating, you know well, you know what's good or what's bad. It's not going to not a less artificial stuff. A lot you know more real type of food. For sure. Um, yeah. Even if you're eating like traditionally unhealthy foods, like like pizza is a good example. Yeah. I think. A pizza that you make at home is a lot better for you than pizza that you get from Pizza Hut. Exactly. Exactly. Because you're not you're not killing all of the nutrients and the ingredients. Yeah. You're controlling the quantity. Yeah. You know, it's different. Yeah. Fresh stuff and things, no fillers and yeah, that kind of. 
Was that abrupt? Sure. We're going to leave half of the interview in this episode and then bring the other half in the second episode. It's actually pretty simple, but I didn't have a great way of doing it. So this is how we're doing it. Don't double-click that iPhone headphone and skip this podcast because we'll be right back with more Chubstep. Okay. Um, well, people can email the show, chubstep.podcast at gmail.com. Uh, Smacko uh, debate is out on if you're allowed to email the show for one week. You might be on a break you're for one you're week. Banned. <laughs> you're banned. Chubstep takes his ban seriously. We've already blacklisted one person. Banned for one week. Just a one week ban just to think about what you've done. Um, but you know what? I'm still at least at least we at least he likes to email the show and I always appreciate that. So um That's true, but I mean something about a dog. <laughs> just more clarity. Just like a few more like one more sentence with a clarify I want a paragraph. He needs a full paragraph. <laughs> with punctuation. With great punctuation, yeah. We will be grammar tested. So uh, uh yeah, chubstep.podcast.com. Uh, rate the show on iTunes. We'll read your iTunes reviews and Instagram, Chubstep Podcast, Twitter, Chubstep Podcast, Facebook, Chubstep Podcast, and uh, Steed Palamine at your local Lover's Lane. Thank you. Yes. Thanks for that. Okay. <laughs> and the show has ended. I rest my case. Now you know you got to go. Peace. This is Yasin. I'm ready. I am ready. Okay. Talk like this. <laughs> that would be bad. I'm actually confused if that is Jared or Paul. <laughs> That's Jared. <laughs> That's what I should do if I'm prank calling Sonny. They can't even they won't even know what voice that is. Alright. <clears throat>